As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. There's just so many haters and negative people out there, especially in the beginning when all you're doing is making mistakes and every deal seems that it's slipping through your fingers. It's easy to get caught up in that negative thinking. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, for all my fix and flippers out there, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, you know Patch of Land, they've been on the show, representatives of their company have been on the show many times, they've been a sponsor of this show many, many times, they're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's... The interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best a lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and they've got a white paper for you and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Pat Flynn. How you doing, Pat? Good, Joe. How are you? I am doing well, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. A little bit about Pat. He is the owner of Flynn Homes, which is a real estate investment company. He launched in late May 2017 and has done some wholesaling, 11 exactly, and a flip, 
And the total revenue so far is around $305,000. Before he got into that, he also bought some rental property, one a beach rental property that cash flows and another that he is house hacking. So we're going to get into the launch of his company, what he's been up to, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and all that good stuff based in Jacksonville, Florida. With that being said, Pat, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, absolutely, Joe. I graduated from the United States Merchant Marine Academy in 2009 at Kings Point. And from 2009 to 2017-ish, I was working on merchant ships and or drilling rigs offshore. So spent a lot of time out there. February 27th, 2017, this year, I've had a big life change when my daughter was born. Congrats. And thank you. Uh, long story short, me and my company couldn't come to terms with the times I, time I wanted off after that. And I've always wanted to have that entrepreneurial lifestyle career. And I figured it was now or never. So that original itch for the entrepreneurial lifestyle came because Robert Kiyosaki is actually also a Kings Point graduate and rugby alumni too, which I am. And he spoke at my school when I was a senior. So that really planted the seed. So my years of shipping, that was always in the back of my head. And I finally made the decision once my daughter was born, take that jump into real estate entrepreneur. And it's just been awesome ever mm-hmm. since. The best decision I ever made. What were the reasons or reason holding you back from doing the entrepreneurial stuff prior to the birth of your daughter? And then what did you find out after that, if those were true or not? What happened was I just got comfortable out there is what it was. I was single for most of that time period. I'd be gone eight months a year shipping, and I was making pretty good money as far as blue collar out there working goes. So I was just comfortable. And what happened when my daughter was finally born was everything in my gut was telling me to stay out there. I had health insurance. I was making great money. But something in the back of my head just told me I had to go for it. I've always wanted to. So what I did was uh, took a page out of Tim Ferriss's book. I sat down and I did his fear setting exercise. I wrote down everything that scared me the most about making that decision to quit. My worst nightmare. You know, everything terrible that was going to happen to me if I left my secure, cushy job offshore. And I also wrote down what could go right if everything worked out in the real estate world and the cost of inaction. So where would I be five, 10 years from now if I don't do anything and just continue to do this job? Well, I'll have missed at least eight months a year of my daughter growing up. So in the end, it just wasn't worth it to me. And I made the jump and I found that everything I was scared of, finding my own private health insurance, doing this and that, were not really scary at all. The scary part was me stuck out there and missing my daughter growing up. So mm-hmm. everything has been working out awesome ever since. Like I actually didn't mention it yet, but I emailed you, Joe, right when I quit my job. I actually emailed you the day after I quit my job and told you my goal was to be on your show in six months. And look at what's happening now. I'm on your show. It's amazing when you set your mind to something of what can happen. And it's just been awesome ever since. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. And now I remember that. That's great. Congratulations. The fear of missing out on eight months of your daughter growing up. I think that's 
pretty much the deal breaker, I imagine. Once you had that in the cons column of staying at your full-time job, then it was, okay, I got to make things happen. Financially, what did you make sure that you had, if anything, in order to float a little bit while you got your affairs in order and got some money coming in? Of course. I always was pretty good with my money. I didn't have a ton saved, but my property at the beach was cash flowing. I house hacked my other house at the beach, so my monthly expenses were not crazy high. I kept them pretty low. And I had a piece of land up in Massachusetts that I sold during that time period. So the profit from that land and my savings was able to float me. And actually, it's still floating me now. The company is doing well, and uh, we're keeping that money in and reinvesting it. And actually, none of my partners have taken distributions yet. So we're just still building that up. And uh, just being smart about your money and keeping your monthly expenses low is the main thing. I'm one of those people that I have an Excel file and I keep track of every single penny I spend each month. So I knew exactly what I had in the bank. I knew what I needed to survive for six months. And it's all self-confidence that I have the confidence that I could make this work and get it done. And it turned out great. I can relate to that. Whenever I left, I was waiting on a refinance from a house, which is similar to you selling the piece of land in, I think you said Massachusetts. I had to do a refi and I got $50,000 from the refinance of the house and I used that to float me while I was making no income other than some rentals for properties, which basically were nothing. And then my low monthly expenses were relatively low compared to New York City standards. I lived in the same apartment for nine years and had roommates from Craigslist and just kept that as low as possible. So I think there's a formula there for people who are looking to leave, and that is keep your fixed monthly expenses low and have a chunk of money or at least have money that you can get access to help keep things upright while you build the business. And on the business front, you've mentioned partners. Who are your partners? You don't have to name the name. You can. I don't care. But I'm more interested in how did you determine who your partners would be and what is your role compared to theirs? Starting off when I first left and emailed you back in March, I was a lone wolf and I've always had that mentality. I've always been very independent. So I thought that I was going to do everything on my own. And I found out very quickly that that was a huge mistake. So I made a big mental shift like in April or so. And I started putting myself out there. I went to every single networking event in the city of Jacksonville, which can be a job in itself, <laughs> actually. I talked to everyone I met. I had lunch with anyone and coffee with anyone that would meet with me. Every single property on Craigslist in the Jacksonville area, I called the number. I made him an offer. I talked to him, asked him what else they had. Other than the real estate networking events, I went to young professional networking events. I was active on bigger pockets. I did everything I could to talk with everyone I could. And finally, my fiance is a realtor who works for a real estate group. And one of their clients is an investment company. Three guys here in Jacksonville, very successful. And they already have several successful companies, but we're looking to ramp up their marketing. So I got through her and through her boss, the opportunity to meet with them. And they didn't really need me. So our conversation at first was, I went into the meeting with the mindset of, how can I help these guys? How yep. can I be valuable to these guys? 
And what ended up happening was they said, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if you're a good fit. We'll see if everything works because it's a sensitive thing, partnership. (laughs) So what ended up happening was I worked for them for two months, no compensation, no anything, just trying to do everything I can to help them out and make money for them. I was taking phone calls. I was organizing the marketing. I was driving, knocking on foreclosure doors, doing tax deed auctions, knocking on those doors. I was doing everything I could for them. And we saw a little success, but after two months, they decided it was something that was going to work for them. And I told them my main goal is I want an equity percentage of whatever I do. That's why I did this in the first place. So that's kind of non-negotiable for me. So we made an entity. We negotiated the equity percentages and it's been awesome ever since. We get a few home runs right off the bat that was able to give us some marketing dollars. And we've really, really ramped up the marketing since then. And it's been great. What is your role versus their role now? Right now, I control everything that happens day to day. I take all the phone calls. I make all the calls as far as what we're doing for marketing. I write the contracts. I'm actually the one going out to the houses, walking the houses, talking to sellers, and getting the contracts. So I take care of all the acquisitions and the marketing, and they take care of the back end, which is they have a lot of contacts for good buyers list for the wholesales and the huge value in the construction crews that they have available for our flips. So the flips we do, I'm so fortunate to have them because I get the acquisition and then it's almost hands off for me after Mm -hmm. that. They have a construction crew that they can pretty much point at the house and say, go. And they have their cookie cutter thing they do with the house and it looks awesome. And then my fiance's real estate crew sells the house after that. So we have a pretty good system in place already. And that's why they just, I'm so fortunate to have them because they had added so much value with that, you know, their flipping system, which is already in place. You mentioned a few home runs at the beginning. Can you tell us specifics on those deals? Absolutely. Our first very significant one was at the beach. Jacksonville has three beach towns right by it too. Jack's Beach, Atlantic Beach, and Neptune Beach. And the property prices there are just going crazy right now. I got a house under contract and it ended up being a $45,000 wholesale deal. So I'm super excited about it. You know, walking in, I five and with my partner and he doesn't really care. His first question to me is what other leads have come in today? (laughs) Him asking me that, I think that's what true mentorship is. It's pushing what you think is possible, pushing what you think is expected of you. And the fact that all capacity is, is just a mindset. So with him saying that just completely changed my mindset and what I sat down and recalibrated my goals for the company and what I thought was good as far as profits go. And since I've done that, it's just been unbelievable. I'm always thinking about what's next rather than focusing on the deal that closed yesterday. And because of that, we're four or five months into the entity and we're over 700,000 in profit right now, just focusing on what's next. $700,000 in profit? Yep. That factors in marketing expenses to get the deals? Or just. Nope, I'm wrong. That's revenue. So it doesn't factor in marketing. We're at $750,000 right now in revenue. Okay. I'm with you. So yeah, $750,000 in revenue in a very short amount of time. And is what I read earlier correct? 11 wholesales and one flip? 
Yes, that was back in May. We did those wholesales right off the bat just because the cost of money. We pay on our hard money here in Jacksonville for the most part, 12% and two points. So towards the beginning, I wanted to move everything as quickly as possible. Me and my partners were just trying to get in and out. Even if there was more profit in flipping it, we just wanted to build our nest egg so we had some money in the bank to do deals to where we didn't have to get hard money. So that's why we wholesale most of the stuff right off the bat. But now our focus has shifted to flipping most everything. Okay. And how many flips have you all done? At this point, we've sold retail. We've sold two of them. Right now, we have three that are in process under construction, and we have five that are under contract waiting to close. So haven't started construction or anything on them yet. Hmm. And as a business, do you make more money on the flips than the wholesales? So far, we've made more money on the wholesales, but I found that it just all depends on the situation. Like I said, when we hit a few home runs right off the bat, it was an older woman looking to liquidate her rental portfolio. They were all in rough shape, and we made almost 30 grand on several of her different properties wholesaling. I'm not sure what we could have made flipping them, but I found that it all depends on how many of our buyers are looking for places at that time the different comps in that area. And if my partner thinks some of the comps are way too high and we wouldn't be able to sell it for that, but you can sell it to another flipper that goes in and actually picks out the finishes in his house so he can get that high number, a number that we can't get doing a generic flip. So it all depends on the area, I think. Mm -hmm. You're doing some direct mail. What has that resulted in? Direct mail, we started off at about 1500 a week, I want to say. And now we're at 5,000 direct mail pieces a week. So 20,000 a month. And each 5,000 that goes out, I probably get about 100 phone calls from each 5,000 that go out. And I found that we close at least two for each 5,000 that comes out. And the reason we have a pretty good closing percentage on that is because we're partners with the people that also sell our houses on the back end. So we're able to offer them cash for their house. We're able to offer creative financing and we're also offer them our real estate services. So having three different options allows you to close more deals and convert more leads, which has worked out good for us too. We've recently started the creative financing thing and it's been taken off pretty good as well. Mm -hmm. You've got a solution no matter whichever direction they want to go, unless they want some crazy price and even listing it on the MLS wouldn't generate that, but eventually they would come back down to earth. That's great. I love that approach. With your direct mail, where do you buy the list from and what do you filter it for? The direct mail company that does I'm not sure exactly what software they use. I was originally using a program called ListSource. And if anyone listening is using ListSource and you're paying for those lists, make sure you call them and try to negotiate down because they'll, <laughs> they'll go down much lower than you think they would on uh, their prices for these lists. But they do a good job making lists. And I found that it took up a lot of my time. So for a pretty low fee, the direct mail companies, that's almost any of them really, will generate the list for you. 
What we do on our list is equity percentages is the main thing. So our lists are generated with people that have 30 to 100% equity in their house. We're not looking for people that are underwater. 30 to 80% equity, single family homes, no corporate owned is our list. And homeowners only. So if someone's renting, it's going to go to the homeowner. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Joe, what has been even more effective than direct mail, there's a local magazine, just a kind of like a money pages. It's a coupon magazine. And we've been running ads in that. And it's pretty cheap for that. You can get in front of more eyes for cheaper, but you don't have that specific equity, the specific equity looking at it, but you can get in front of more people. And we've found that that has been very effective for us too. You know, almost just as effective as direct mail for a lower cost. What do you have in the magazine? It's an ad and the magazine also offers for six cents a house, a cover wrap sort of thing. So it's just a little piece of paper that goes in front of the magazine. So even if you take the magazine and throw it in the garbage, (laughs) you're still seeing us. You're still Mm -hmm. seeing the logo. You're still seeing a huge phone number. And it's been very effective. And for six cents a household, cost effective also. Hmm. Yeah, it's hyper local. What's the name of that magazine? It's called Money Pages. I think they're all over the States, but it's pretty big in Jacksonville. Okay. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think the cookie cutter answer to this is just to be consistent, consistent action and self-discipline. I'm a firm believer that it's all in your mindset. You paint a picture of the person you want to be and just don't give up on it for anybody. I think you'll find the listeners and myself have found that coming up, there's just so many haters and negative people out there, especially in the beginning when all you're doing is making mistakes and every deal seems that it's slipping through your fingers. It's easy to get caught up in that negative thinking, but just don't listen to anybody. It was an eye-opening day in my life when I realized that nothing anybody says matters. So just be true to yourself and work your ass off for whatever goals you're looking to get at. And now that my eyes are open to this kind of success, I see it in other people every day. I'm a huge sports fan and I'll just bring up that whenever Tom Brady was drafted by the Patriots, he said to Robert Kraft the day he was drafted that he's the best decision this franchise ever made. He saw it in his head before it happened. And this stuff happens every day. But once you open your eyes to it and you see that other successful people believe in what they can be, that's my best advice. Get your mindset right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com. Best ever book you've read? 
I'm going to say the standard ones everyone says, rich dad, poor dad. You need to read that to get your mindset right on what an asset and liability is. That was life-changing mindset book for me. I want to say the four-hour work week, too. If you don't read the whole book, read the chapter on fear setting. It just puts everything in perspective on life. And fear setting in four-hour work week was a life-changing chapter for me. And I want to say one more. <laughs> Rebirth. A Fable of Love, Forgiveness, and Following Your Heart by Kamal Revicant. It was a book I read when I left my job, and it's a fiction book, but it just got me through some tough times right off the bat when everything seemed like it was at its lowest trying to start this business. It's just a great book. And if you're not a reader, but you want to learn more about the fear-setting Tim Ferriss approach, he did a TED Talk recently. Just search TED Talk Tim Ferriss fear-setting, and he will entertain you in about 10 minutes and tell you what that's all about. What is the best ever deal you've done so far? I'd say it was the older woman looking to offload her rental portfolio. She wasn't able to get out and take care of these properties anymore. So they were all in terrible shape. And there were kids living in some of them, like little babies and little kids and families. And the roofs were leaking. So there was mold in the walls and it just wasn't safe for anyone. And there was about seven houses and we bought the entire portfolio from her. We flipped a couple, in the process of flipping a couple, and wholesaled the rest. And we probably profited around 100 from that whole deal. It was a good deal. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? I think your mistakes come when you get too desperate. And right off the bat, when things weren't going well for me, I made some bad decisions on houses just because I was too desperate. Just looking at the numbers and not the big picture and... Along those same lines, I just wanted to mention this too. I actually purchased a house this morning and Joe, your interview was kind of my main focus all day today. So I wasn't really focused on the house and I went in and talked to the seller. I kind of didn't really care. It was like, well, give me a good price. I'll buy it. If they don't, they don't. It doesn't really matter to me. Our crews are busy now anyway. And I think they saw that in my mannerisms and she wanted way too much for it right off the bat. But I kind of just said, you know, this is what I can pay. Didn't push her, wasn't desperate, and she immediately came right down. It's like, okay, let's get it done. And that's going to be a $30,000 flip right there, just on being calm, not being desperate. So I think when you're desperate, you make bad decisions. So just stay calm whenever talking to sellers or in anything you're doing. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Right when I quit my job back in March, obviously did this, but I wanted to volunteer too because I was spending so much time offshore doing the drilling thing. I wanted, I thought it'd be better to give back and take some time to myself. So I volunteered at the animal shelter and at hospice and I still do it now. And it feels great to do that. Flint homes were still very new, but I have plans in the future to give back as far as education goes to local high schools in the area, teach kids about the way money works and get them on board to learn about flipping and learn about the industry and learn that what they're learning in school to just put you in a job in life isn't the only option, which what I was taught in school, that was the only option. Go to school, get a job. I'd like to spread the word once we get a little more established to the younger generations that there's so many options out there and real estate's a great way to go about being free and making your own rules in life. You got me curious when you mentioned some mistakes, early transactions. What was the result of those mistakes monetarily? <laughs> well, we still own them now. <laughs> and there's two houses. 
that are sitting in the book that have hard money loans on them and I overpaid for them. So right now they're still sitting on the books and I talked about it just the other day with my partner that he's going to be more excited when we lose 10 grand selling that house <laughs> than he will making 45 at the one on the beach. So currently still sitting we're deciding how much of a loss we're willing to take on it, mm-hmm. but it won't be crazy significant, but both of them didn't turn out well. And yeah. like I said, just desperation, just trying to get a deal done. That's what happened. Sounds like you need to find a good wholesaler so you can unload those things. <laughs> and you know what? People reach out to me all the time. Can I wholesale your properties? And for these ones, I say, absolutely. Send it to everyone you got. Yep. And it's still... It still is sitting there. Like, wow, how did I how did I buy that for that price? Well, you do enough volume like you all have done as quickly as you've done it, and that's gonna happen. And fortunately it's turned out better across the board generally than just these couple deals. So that's great to hear. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? My website, flinholmesjack.com. I was being really active on the blog things got a little busy and I slowed down with the blog, but that's my main passion is mindset blog posts on that website. I love writing about that stuff. So check out the website on the website, the phone number that it's directly to my cell phone. So you can reach me on that. My email is also on the website and we're not big to this point to where I can't respond to people. So anyone that's thinking about this life change, feel free to call, feel free to email me, tell me your story. I love hearing about them. And I just love talking about mindset. And that's my real passion is being happy with what you're doing. Well, I know that you gave some tips that will help others be prepared for going full-time as a real estate investor. And I'm very grateful for that. The things that I wrote down, I actually wrote down six items or six steps to set yourself up to go full-time as a real estate investor as you were talking and I was taking notes. One is have low fixed monthly expenses so that you're not having to extend yourself. Two is to have some access to a large chunk of money or relatively large chunk of money, whether you sell a property, refinance a property, sell a piece of land, have a line of credit. That would be more of the worst case scenario, but still if it's a line of credit, then you don't pay the interest until you actually use a line of credit. So at least there's that. Three is that you were incredibly active. As you said, you were making offers on every property in Jacksonville. You went to every meetup. You were active on bigger pockets. So three is just to be active. Four is to work for free or work with a group that has more experience than you and realize that it's a long-term investment in yourself. And I know you'll appreciate that. And that's why you did it. Five is when you make some money, reinvest it back into the company and continue to grow. And then six is to have a mindset help with a mentor like you had with that $45,000 wholesale deal and it's like great what else came in today it's like oh well, wait <laughs> thanks for talking through this stuff and then you know, talking with us about the different approaches you take you have three different options one is cash for a house two is creative financing and three just sell it retail through your real estate services hope you have a best ever day glad you made it to the show and i'm honored to have investors like you to be guests on the show because you're in there 
you're on the ground, you're doing it, you're getting your hands dirty, and you're making it happen, and you're helping others along the way. So appreciate it. Hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Joe. I appreciate everything you're doing, too, honestly. I used to listen to your show on my drive to Alabama to get on the rig every time, and it changed my life. There's so much great information you put out there with the people you talk to, so thank you so much also. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.